Howdy there, everybody. Welcome back. Happy Skews Day to you. It is October 11th, 2022. I'm Trey Crowder, and that's Mark Agee. What's up, Mark? What's up, Trey? I got a fun show today. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I got a bunch. It's basically all dumbasses. Oops, all dumbasses. Uh, Oops, all dumbasses. <laughs> I like it. Like, yeah, but uh, we talk about normal dumbasses, then some true financial dipshittery that uh, some bunch of right-wingers are getting up to. Before we get started, though, uh, last week, Biden announced he's going to pardon uh, all, all people convicted of federal weed offenses, federal personal use, which is like almost nobody's in prison for that. It's basically right. just affects people's job prospects. They don't have to check that felon box on the fucking form anymore, which is good. Yeah. I say, um, that's still, you know, that's still cool. <laughs> uh, Fox News literally put a, a headline up said reefer madness, which is so funny to do in 2022. Because like right. 70% of people favor legalizing weed. It's the biggest layup of an issue uh, on right. American politics, other than like, should the sun come out tomorrow? <laughs> and yeah. If, if we're still trapped. I mean, I know why. It's because, you know, booze companies. Uh, drug companies and cops don't want it, but the, uh, the the reaction was funny because you saw I saw a bunch of centrists being tepid about it, even some Democrats, which is weird to me. The, the Democrats, a lot of them, seem to have internalized the idea that it's like that getting more votes by improving people's lives is somehow cheating. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wouldn't but, be fair to improve people's <laughs> lives. Uh, I don't know yeah. what they think the straight and narrow path is supposed to be, you know, like the way you're supposed to go about it. If not yeah. that, I often wonder what these people like think their job is. You know what I mean? <laughs> it doesn't seem like they understand it uh, at most points. Jobs to win elections and then having won elections do nothing until it's time to win an election again. Right. Um, yeah. The. Uh, I did, but congrats. Like, I'm, I'm wondering, like, I'm trying to figure out who exactly gets federally convicted for weed possession. I guess you get caught with it in like a federal park or something. Um, but most of those people plead out. They don't do any jail time. But yeah, it's just about the felon box and trial applications. And it's stupid, but you caught with, you caught smoking weed while you're camping and now you can't get hired for work. It's, 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 it's a fucking, it's dumb. Um, I do, was the last time you took a drug test for a job, Trey? Uh, I used to, you know, regularly when I worked for the federal government and I actually tried to do a thing with our union. I mean, I didn't really try to do a thing, but I like talked to the union rep about how like <laughs> this could not have been more clearly outing myself to this guy, but he was cool. But like I had found this thing where there was a I don't remember it now. I knew the case at the time. There was a Supreme Court case from like the mid 90s where the Supreme Court had found that it was unconstitutional to. Uh, drug test uh, politicians or something like that, like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, con congressmen and stuff. It was unconstitutional. And so my whole thing was like, why are they allowed to do it to us? And, you know, like it always pissed me off because like, you know, I, I would tell other people I worked with, I'd be like, if our if our boss showed up at your house and was like, all right, uh, just, you know, take you and the family, come out and stand on the yard for a while. We're going to go in there, me and the boys and, just, you know, look through all your stuff, all your possessions, make sure everything's on the up and up, and then we'll be out of your hair. You tell them to go fuck themselves and get a warrant, but for some reason they can do that to the contents of your bloodstream or your bladder, and everybody's just totally fine with it. It used to be a whole thing with me uh, that no one uh, cared about. But, yeah, I had to um, I had to get tested for that job, but not since. Dude, that was a long answer to a simple question, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a thing I used to get fired up about. You know, the, like American employers are so like the word fascistic gets overused, but I don't know what a way to describe it. Like the, this isn't a sport, the sports thing, but like it, it, when the flake gate happened and uh, everybody was mad at Tom Brady for maybe taking a half a pound of air out of football and whatever, but he eventually got suspended four games. What he actually got suspended for was the NFL wanting to go through his cell phone Right. And so instead he fucking smashed it. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, you're suspended four games because we couldn't read your text messages. And everybody thought that was appropriate. I'm like, right. my fucking boss. You can't read my phone. Fuck you. No. So anyway, Tom Brady doesn't usually hit for me, but that was, he was correct on that. Um, speaking of football. Uh, hold on. Wait a minute. Hold on. Oh, before we do it, why, why did you, why did you ask about getting drug tested? Oh, I just can't remember. I think the last my first job out of college was uh, the last time I got drug tested for a job. But but it's, yeah. we're still doing drug testing, even though it's legal in like thirty some states or something. Which is like, but I understand you don't want somebody high driving a forklift. Sure, I but. get that too. But I've to me, it's always been like if the part if it's impacting their job, like 
if they're fucking showing up high or something mm-hmm. and you call and they say, you know, like drug test people for call, it's just like, it should be just like getting a warrant or something like that. If you have probable cause or their job and, and you know, it seems to be a danger or something, but I just don't think that it's anybody's goddamn business to just randomly for no cause at all, uh, drug test people in pretty much any job. As far yeah. As I, I remember this guy named Ed. Was a heavy, I worked construction. I was in 1920 for my, for my dad's crew. And, uh, a, we had a heavy equipment operator. Uh, let's call him Ed. And, uh, he drank the whole day. Yeah. Uh, he would drink beers in the morning and switch to liquor about three or four o'clock. And he was the best equipment operator. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I understand. But like the thing about drug testing for weed is it's in your system for 30 days. So just because I smoked a joint right. 28 days ago, I can't drive a forklift. That seems like yeah. a fucking dumb system. I don't know. Right. Anyway, uh, I think sorry. it's all insurance companies. Yeah. Uh, anyway, speaking of football, and uh, uh, one of the reasons, by the way, we should legalize weed for pain management because, like, my neighbor was in uh, pill rehab, and there were two NFL players in there for doing heroin. So, yeah, they should they should be allowed to take weed. Um, uh, but speaking of football, uh, Brett Favre, uh, small update on him. Uh, he put out a statement today to Fox News, of course. He denies wrongdoing the Mississippi State Welfare Case. I've been unjustly smeared in the media. The media did it, Trey. Yeah, Brett Favre's own text messages where he's planning to do welfare fraud. Right. <laughs> it's like you would think if anyone should have learned by now that like people can find out about your text messages. <laughs> you know what I mean? Tom Brady. But it would be Brett Favre after all mm-hmm. the whole dick pic scandal. It's just wild that it's like he just keep sending incriminating text messages and then acting like surprised and whatnot. Yeah. yeah it's just uh, it's a real goddamn shame about Brett Favre. I don't know what else to say about it. I was a huge yeah. fan when I was a kid, uh, yeah. but you know, he's a, he's a big old piece of shit. So what, what else uh, can you say? I didn't even make this connection, but another former football player, Herschel Walker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so his story keeps getting worse and worse and fucking worse. And this is just sad, but the contours of his uh, uh, relationship to, to the woman who, whose abortion he paid for um, it became more clear. It turns out that he pressured her for the first, the first abortion he paid for. And they kept dating like another two years and she got pregnant again and tried to get her to um, have an abortion. The second time she said no. And that's what ended the relationship. But he kept denying it, so the woman kept getting madder and madder and madder. And actually, had a text message. He started exchanging texts with um, Herschel's current wife, which that can't be going good for him. But they they showed the reporter text messages from Herschel to the kid, and this is like yeah. let me read from the art. I'll read from the article. Um, why, so he just texted the kid, "Love you," but just two words, "Love you," fairly constantly. That's sweet, I guess. But uh, he. <laughs> Uh, he walked us in that same love you message to his son frequently, no matter how many times it went unanswered. Sometimes the child would write short notes back, inviting Walker to a baseball game, wishing happy Easter, sending a photo of himself with gifts, uh, which I assume Herschel sent. Um, pace accelerated in 2021 when Walker's gearing up to announce his candidacy. Uh, then this summer, um, he sent him seven love you messages, then nothing else. The boy replied, you too, once. Uh, the boy invited his father to watch him play baseball. And Walker would say he would like to see him play, but last time Walker saw his son was Jan- January 2016. Then between July 1st and October 11th, Walker sent his son 34 unanswered brief text messages. Um, uh, all but six say love you. And they all come between midnight, 341 in the morning. So I'm assuming he's hammered. Um, and then the son lost and snapped back at him on October 13th. He wrote back, what's my favorite color? What grade am I at? How old, how old am I? And Walker responded the next afternoon. God bless you. Love you. Uh, then Walker right. texted him again for a month. Uh, so yeah, total deadbeat absentee father. I mean, he has some court ordered child support, I gather, but, um, a kid asks you, what's my birthday? And you just don't respond for a day and just say, love you. God bless. God, God bless is Southern for goodbye, by the way. If you don't know. It just seems like it's like, uh, I don't know, almost worse than just not being there at all. Because you are, he is not being there at all, but still doing this like superficial, you know, texting bullshit type. I just have zero patience for this type of thing from anybody. But, uh, you know, especially someone uh, in a high profile running for office situation. So, yeah, I just... Herschel Walker could not appear to be a bigger piece of shit to me. So, you know, we'll yeah. see how it turns out. 
It did remind me one time my dad uh, had, a, had a few drinks and we were talking. I said something about being glad fifth grade was almost over. And he goes, no, wait, you're in fourth grade. And I go, no, I'm not. And he argued with me about what grade I was in for like half an hour. So that, that, brought, that was a fun memory for me to have. That, my dad was around, though. He was in my life and took care of me. So it's not like a, I'm not at all throwing my dad under the bus. It was just a fun story. Um, last thing before we get. So Elon Musk is a fucking idiot, uh, mm-hmm. but he's a useful idiot to Vladimir Putin, apparently. Um, this news story came out today. Elon Musk po- spoke to Putin before tweeting Ukraine peace plan report. So Elon Musk tweeted out a, a, a peace plan for Ukraine that right. uh, is totally unworkable because it, it was a, it was a good idea basically three months ago, but now things are so different that you can't just. His plan was basically to give half of Ukraine to Russia and have right. Ukraine declare they're neutral between NATO. Yada yada yada. Anyway, the important part here is like. I got to say, Elon denies this, even though the reporter talked to Elon, who confirmed it before he printed it. But when he saw the reaction, then he denied. Anyway, fuck, it doesn't matter. This reporter is totally credible. Uh, I've, I've never seen no reason to believe him. He's been credible for like two, two decades long career. I just want to point out here that Elon is a government contractor with a fucking security clearance. Um, so him running his own foreign policy with the president of Russia is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's also like he just like. He clearly he like he truly believes that like with any given problem, he's like, well, it's up to me (laughs) to fix this. You know what I mean? He's like, I got to be the one to Mm -hmm. solve the greatest geopolitical crisis of the past 30 years or whatever, because (laughs) who else is going to do it if not me? Elon Musk, you know, it's my duty. (laughs) <laughs> and Remember, my burden to save the world from itself at every opportunity. Like he really believes that shit. Remember the Thai cave rescue when he kept yes. trying to retrofit Teslas into the submarines and there, the cave divers kept telling him like, look, the, the, the path's so narrow. We have to take off our scuba tanks and, and push them through and then follow them at certain points. You had to get up and walk like half a mile in dry cave and then dive again. And he's like, nope, I'm making fucking, Submarines, and when a guy when a guy kept saying it wouldn't work, he called him a pedophile. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. It, uh, anyway, also in Ukraine, um, a lot of Ukrainian uh, uh, military communications are being run on Starlink, which is you know Elon's yeah. sky destroying satellite network. He made a big show that he was donating it to get in the war to help Ukraine, but it turns out it's being paid for by the U.S. government. Um, but it was a story last week that Ukrainian uh, advan- advances were happening so fast they outran their Starlink coverage in Cry- when they entered into like the, the Far East and Crimea, which is the regions that Elon Musk is now saying he agrees with Vladimir Putin should go to Russia. And um, I just want to—I'm just wondering now <laughs> if that's actually what fucking happened, right? <laughs> Or yeah. did he turn them off because he fucking wants to help? Right. It's like, this guy's so compromised. Like he's trying to take over Twitter and he's so business interests are so big in China. They basically would be giving over a lot of big chunk of the American internet to control the Chinese uh, China, which is not fucking good. Anyway, fuck Elon Musk. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's get into it. With us, as always, is producer Matt. This is Weekly Skews. Uh, I want to remind you, of course, a couple things. Number one, if you'd like to see me perform live, then you should go to TreyCrowder.com. Check out my upcoming tour dates. Got plenty in the coming months in 2023 and adding more all the time. So come and see me. TreyCrowder.com. Number two, if you enjoy this program and would like to show your support, you can do so by signing up on Patreon. $5 a month gets you access to full-length bonus episodes. We're recording another one this week. We're having fun with it. We hope you'll consider going to weeklyskews.com slash more, or you can just go on Patreon and look me up. Either way works. Sign up on there, get some more skews in your life. Now, as for the show tonight, there's a recent trend in the business world where investors are trying to profit off of anti-wokeness, but so far doesn't seem to be working out exactly as they had planned. We'll have some fun with that here shortly, but first, the Daily Dumbass. Matt, graphic, please. Tonight's DD, Fred from Scooby-Doo for not being sexy enough to turn Velma back to God's light. This is kind of really offensive on the level that 
We're yeah. disrupting these beloved there's no, characters. There's no, there's no innocence. You can't have a moment Look, of just fun I, without an agenda. I'm waiting for them to tell us that Scooby and Shaggy shared more than a Scooby snack Shaggy. in that, you know, mystery mobile. It's Shaggy. <laughs> well, whatever it was. But what other beloved characters are they going to sexualize ne- next, Laura? This is so. For, for, okay, <laughs> so like. How mad they continuously get about cartoons is funny to me. Also, Corey was doing on stage this weekend. He was referencing this, and Corey's whole thing was like, pretty sure I knew at nine years old Velma was a lesbian. Like, this don't feel <laughs> this don't feel that new mm-hmm. to me. I feel like she's always been a lesbian. Uh, and also the the dog thing, it's like that's an old uh that's an old uh go to for them too. When like anytime gayness comes up. Uh-huh. They throw in a like, what's next? We're gonna be marrying dogs. Like it's like they go straight from gay to dog fucking uh, pretty easily. I feel like, which is yeah. an odd leap to make uh, so continuously the way that they do. Especially because the 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 big whole flaw in the logic there is that dogs can't consent, except for Scooby, who can because he can talk. <laughs> row, row. Yeah. <laughs> so if Scooby and Shag are into it, what the fuck? What, what, what interest is it of mine? But anyway, Scooby's not even in the new Scooby Doo. My understanding. Anyway, what they're talking about is there was a viral clip from the movie. You went viral on right wing social media, where the the extent of her lesbianness is she right sees a cute woman and does the like the heart's eyes hubba hubba thing that's yeah. like <laughs> it's like they did that with Lightyear too and Corey was talking about this but they got super upset about Lightyear the Pixar movie because uh, it had lesbian characters in it and that scene from that movie because I watched the movie it's like it's like two seconds long it's nothing it's mm-hmm. like two you know women being married but not like you know, they're not getting down in front of young, but young Buzz Lightyear or nothing like that. You know, like uh, not scissoring in front of a Woody doll or nothing. It's, no. it's uh, it's pretty harmless. Uh, most same people would agree, I think. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like all this, this type of shit. They get so ginned up over it. It's why it's just it's funny. It's also it's also stupid, like, but yeah, but it's also the degree which they never think about stuff like. When they were mad about the predator going woke by having Native American characters and native they weren't American at the time, it's native characters. Um, it's like the original Predator was about a special forces unit operating in South America illegally who were lied to about the point of their mission to kill rebels who they had no actual beef with. It's like it was anti it was anti uh, meddling in South American propaganda in the eighties. You just didn't notice it. And right. then Scooby Doo. It's a couple, it's a bunch of stone hippies traveling around with no, like literally living off the land in a van, taking down a bunch of small business tyrants who are abusing their workers and shit. So like, what? <laughs> that's I mean, what you- you're right. I laughed because it's like that's a funny way to describe Scooby Doo, but is also mm-hmm. completely accurate. That's exactly that's exactly what Scooby Doo was. Yeah, very anti-capitalist ever- Scooby Doo, anti-capitalism yeah. propaganda. <laughs> Yeah, uh, people should pay funny. attention to what they're watching a little more. I think, yeah. <laughs> like they did it with the, the new. Um, they're they're re- turning Alien into a series. I'm not sure if there's a sequel or reboot or whatever. And uh, okay. they, they've got Noah Howley show running it. Ooh, the other guy that did. All right, oh, yeah, yeah, look, yeah, look, yeah, look no, fuck yeah. I'm fully on board with that. I hadn't even heard about it. But he talked about the shows going to be anti-capitalist, and people got mad. Like, did you not get that the first movie was anti? It's yeah, like, right. Really, Paul uh, Reiser's uh, character and Alien, the corporate. Yeah, that's like, that's the whole fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Well, I mean, again, we were talking on the Well Read podcast about like how, you know, people misinterpret Rage Against the Machine, you know, or like yeah. get mad at them for being political. So there's nothing too stupid. Uh, yeah. No point they can't miss or misinterpret. All right, our first honorable mention for Daily Dumbass. Washington and Lincoln for being rhinos, evidently, according to a new <laughs> poll, as referenced right here. I believe I remember a very famous pollster, very well-known, John McLaughlin, came to my office just prior to the play coming in. He said, sir, if George Washington and Abraham Lincoln came alive from the dead and they formed a president, vice president team, 
you would beat them by 40%. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot going on there. Um, <laughs> oh, goddamn funny to me. That's well, just like calls- that's peak distilled Trump shit right there, dude. You can't hardly get more Trump than that. That clip. Yeah. It's uh, I like the part. One of my favorite parts when he almost forgets Abraham Lincoln's last name. Uh, yeah. then he also calls COVID the plague, which I thought it was fake. Uh, but anyway, moving on from that, it. I just think I was thinking about how like American history gets flattened into these they become these cartoon characters and no actual beliefs are just great men. But the idea that right. Lincoln and Washington would agree on political issues is so yeah. fucking funny to me. Like Lincoln said, I want to free slaves. George Washington would have hit him in the head with a brick. Right. <laughs> yes. So, and like you know, like yeah, they probably wouldn't make the best candidates uh, mm-hmm. in twenty twenty two. Either of those guys, uh, <clears throat> for being honest, you know. Don't even think about bringing up Indians or the French or, or I guess they were cool with the French, but yeah, who knows what else, but yeah, probably wouldn't work, but it's just, it's like, he's, it's just perfect Trump shit. Like he's like, you know, it's basically like a lot of people are saying a lot of very smart people are saying that if the two greatest American presidents of all time were here today, I'd stomp their ass. A lot of people are saying it. They're telling me this. We're all hearing it. It's like, it's yeah. just, uh, I don't know. It's fucking yeah. Also, the, the Whiskey Rebellion was sort of like the January 6th of its time, and George Washington sent the military director shit, so there you go. <laughs> uh, another Trump news, this story was out today. Uh, so Trump was apparently, his super PACs raised a bunch of money to ostensibly help with elections, but instead he spent it all on his own legal defense, so that really hit for me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the numbers here, uh, he's still sending out a bunch of emails saying it's imperative that we win in big, big in November. And I'm not sure at what point this becomes fraud. I think I, to me, it's pretty clearly fraud now, but the, how the government finds fundraising and all mixed up with the First Amendment and campaign finance regulation, which we don't really do. But um, he raised like, uh, let me do the math on my head right here. Math don't hit for me. Uh, about $18 million. He spent 8.4 of it on uh, actual election related activities and spent $7 million on his own legal defense. Another $2 million uh, falling to nonprofits, which employ four members of his staff, like Mark Meadows. Um, if Trump was a Democratic plant to destroy the Republican Party, how different would this look? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, like every, well, every fucking we're going to talk about the Senate races in a few minutes, but every every nominee he pushed through like Herschel, like Oz, like Blake Masters, like J.D. Vance it, are, are fumbling away what should have been very winnable races for them. Um uh, a couple of them might still win, which is scary, but it should have been a lot easier if they just nominated. Uh, just pick, fucking go to the Chamber of Commerce and throw a dart and nominate the guy you hit, and they would have, like, cakewalked to the to wins. But this, um, someone made it, like, I was looking at footage, I didn't end up using it for the show, but um, the uh, oh, Chicago, uh, Illinois gubernatorial debate and uh, uh, the Democratic governor incumbent kept tying his opponent to Trump. And somebody made the point that like he, he they're treating Trump like he's an unpopular incumbent, like he's mm-hmm. like he's actually still the president, and it's working because he's like dead weight around these guys' neck, uh, necks. And Matt sent me this polling data earlier. Uh, Trump is twenty points underwater with independent men right now, so uh, he's not helping at all. And to that, I say thank you, Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, well, that's like you know, it was Lindsey Graham, right, who said back in twenty sixteen, you know, mm-hmm. something to the effect of, "If we let this happen." he will ultimately destroy the Republican party or whatever. So it's like some of them knew at the time. And then also that's what that whole controversial democratic strategy was about. Right. Was Mm -hmm. this exact idea, like propping up the Trumpiest candidates because he's such an albatross to everybody except for, you know, the red hat brigade, except for his base. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it might, it might, it probably helped Fetterman win in Pennsylvania and Josh Shapiro win in Pennsylvania, but it might push Republican secretaries of state or election deniers over the line in places like Arizona and Nevada. And I'm not sure how a Democrat was going to win the presidency in 2024. If that happens, uh, if they won't certify the results. Um, I don't know. Would you send in the national guard and make them certify the results at gunpoint? <laughs> I don't know. Dude. The idea of that, you know, being a much bigger shit show, you know, next time around is not a calming or encouraging thought, but all right. It's like Uh, I'm getting whiskey, Trey. 
Yeah, got that right. All right, the next honorable mention for Daily Dumbass is women for being unfortunately unable to make difficult decisions and forcing us men to have to do it for them, which we would really prefer not to do. Now, let's discuss what the Supreme Court did and didn't do. The Supreme Court, all they did was said there is no right to an abortion in the Constitution, which then pushed this issue down to the states. Sure, that's now, correct. I get it. If you're a woman, it stinks that most of these legislatures are men. Most of these decisions are made by men. I wish it were other than that. I wish, as a man, I didn't have to make this decision. I wish women could make this decision. And, uh, that being uh, it's like really the whole thing is women's fault if you think about it. Like they're they're the ones forcing us to do this for their own good, you know. And yeah. it's a shame. Okay. It's the burden we all carry being forced to make decisions for women. But what are you going to do? There's no other choice in the state of Utah, I guess. But that's where that guy's at, right? That's Utah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, that's John Curtis. He's the rep for Utah's third congressional district, uh, which he has been since 2017. He took over Josh Chaffetz, who was that super Trumpy guy who left to go work for Fox News. Um, this guy, is, he's weird. So he was a super popular mayor of Provo. Uh, and his big thing was like sort of like environment. Like, uh, well, first I want to point out, when they went to this two shot, his opponent's face really hit for me because I don't think he yeah. knew it was on camera. And he was like, he was looking at him like, like yeah <laughs> no no yeah it was great like he, he was he was like fucking what like <laughs> are you cutting a campaign ad for me right now what the fuck is right. uh so but so his, his big thing in pro was like a lot of like environmental stuff assuming not for left-wing reasons they're probably because you know pro has got a cool skyline they get tourism money for skiers and shit um but he originally ran for a state senate as a democrat um and then he lost 66 to 33 and so, nope, being a Democrat, don't hit for me in Utah. So he changed party. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, I don't know what this guy believes in. I like his trying to be like, ladies, I wish you were in the legislature too. But since yeah. you're not, uh, I have to take away abortion because because I got right. elected. It's like, oh, He's Jesus like, Christ. Do you know how tired I get of always having to make decisions for all my wives, you know, all the time? <laughs> I look around at them and I'm like, could you guys please do some of this? But, you know, they just lack the capacity. So, we got to do what we got to do. Uh, yeah. Run for All office, right. women, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our next honorable mention, five-month-old babies for not being able to defend themselves, uh, according to who else? J.D. Vance. On the Lindsey Graham bill, my view on this is, generally speaking, Ohio is going to want to have different abortion laws than California, than Texas, and I think, abor- I think Ohio should have that right. But some minimum national standard is totally fine with me. We're talking about five-month-old babies. We're aborting five-month-olds now? God damn. Keeps getting crazier and crazier out here in these streets. That's, uh, you know, I know they they talk about uh, late-term abortions, but God damn. Yeah. I, personally, I think abortion should be perfectly legal from first, second, third trimesters. Then once a kid's born... He gets to be alive until he's like 14. Then after 14, you can decide again until he's 18. <laughs> yeah, I think there's probably some parents out there who would uh, who would sign up for that uh, legislation. Yeah. You know, it's the classic, it's the classic uh, uh, philosophy of mm-hmm. mothers all over the country. I think uh, I brought you into this world. I could take mm-hmm. you out of it. It's mm-hmm. not legally true, but yeah. <laughs> No, probably not. vote for that. <laughs> well, I'm not the president. Vote for me. We'll still work on it. Uh, so <laughs> that was uh, from Tim Ryan, JD Vance's debate last night, and I know I'm biased, but I don't think it went well for JD, who, of course, um, yeah. not was born with the charisma of like a sea slug. Um, but he also that that construction, by the way, we're going to have different laws and abortion. In, in California and Texas and our state, I, I saw like a bunch of debates happen this week, and Republicans are going to that. They must have had some. Somebody wrote that for him because all they were using it. And I just want to say that I can see you all co- copied and pasted the same language in your speeches, and uh, you're not fooling anybody. Um, so Ryan had a couple of clips go viral where he absolutely embarrassed Vance for um, being a Trump stooge. He talked about uh, J.D. Trump being on stage at a J.D. Vance rally, talking about this guy used to be against me, but now he kisses my ass all the time. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and then JD got up there and like you know hugged it out with it. it was like I'm having yeah. such a great time. Aren't we all having a great time? And yeah. Trump just disrespected him to his face in front of everybody there. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that was embarrassing. And it was smart to, um, to, uh, for Ryan to bring it up, but also he did, uh, he had this pretty good clip that I thought was actually, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you can shame these people. So I'm not sure to what extent shame works, but this is a pretty pithy line that I, that I thoroughly enjoyed and it rhymes. So I'm, sticking I'm for Ohio. I don't kiss anyone's ass like him. Ohio needs an ass kicker, not an ass kisser. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's, 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 that's when it, for a political debate, that's basically the end of eight mile. So there you go. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um, for the record, Ryan is losing three and a half points by three and a half points right now to that fucking dickhead. Uh, maybe the debate will help. I don't know how many people still let them decide. Uh, Ohio has been a thoroughly red state for a while now, so it's not going to climb for him. So I don't think it's necessarily a huge failure by him personally if he loses. It would just suck for the country. Um, checking in on other uh, Senate campaigns to see how they're going. Here's a fun little headline from, from a couple days ago. Dr. Oz delivers speech in front of Hitler's car. Uh <laughs> <laughs> it's so, so fun. we talk about it all the time it's like how hard is it to avoid associations with hitler you know it seems to be pretty difficult <laughs> for a huge number of conservative politicians and hopefuls because it just keeps coming up yeah uh he uh this was a, a fundraiser hosted in california by matt gates's in-laws uh, at which Jordan Peterson zoomed in to give a speech. So everything's going well for Dr. Oz. Uh, you got Hitler, you got Matt Gates, his wife who overlooked his underage sex trafficking, and Jordan Peterson who talks about how woke liberals have made lobsters gay or whatever on the internet. Uh, and by the way, Fetterman's only up 3.5% according to the latest polling, so it's totally within reach for Oz. So if you're in, Philadelphia, in, Pennsylvania, uh, if you're in Philadelphia, vote definitely, but if you're in Pennsylvania, go vote. I do not want to see Dr. Oz all over my TV. As, as much as we could use the content, <laughs> I, I would love for us to not have enough content on this show and be able to quit so America would be more sane. That would be fucking nice. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Our final honorable mention for Daily Dumbass is all those teenage litter box pooping furries out there for refusing to go away. That's right. Even though no one can seem to find them. Yes. I want to read you a quote from earlier this week on talk radio. It was, have you heard about this story, kids identifying as cats? It sounds absolutely ridiculous, but it's happening all over Colorado and schools are tolerating it. Where are you getting that and do you believe that's true? Well, I'm out on the campaign trail talking to parents every day. And this is this really weird phenomenon that's happening in middle schools and high schools. It's actually been going on for a couple of years it's called furries. Fur has been going on for a couple of years, Drake. They're struggling. So I have a lot of compassion for kids that are uh -huh. having you know, difficulty right now. But schools tolerating kids dressing up as cats is not appropriate. Have you seen any specific examples of this, though, or not? Many, many. And um, <laughs> all the parents across the Denver metro area, at least. Oh, you got it. And that's just, yeah. And that's like, that's how that always works for them. Like, it's all the same. It's all just a bunch of this ladies like on uh, Facebook or talking to each other at these events or whatever. And all just saying the same thing as far as like, you believe this is happening? No, I hear about it all the time. And it's like, you know, it's just it's just them saying it to each other. And they're like, yeah, but specific examples. Oh, everywhere. It's everywhere. I mean, you heard everybody's saying it. You know, that screensaver with the ball bouncing around. Yeah, it's it's this idea of bouncing between all these different PTA moms and none of them knows who started it or when it's going to end. And the that's this Heidi Ganahl, by the way, we talked about her before a couple weeks ago when she's when she waited her, her waited into this pool. And one of the reason I wanted to talk about her again is because she's the first one to keep pushing it. Like every other one has been like, I heard about these furries and somebody goes, actually, no, that's fucking stupid. That never actually happened. They go, oh, my bad. I, I was mistaken. And because they get embarrassed. She's made it the central issue of the closing message of her campaign. <laughs> right. She is talking about nothing but furries in schools. If you're wondering, her current position is she's elected. She's, in 2016, she was elected to a board of regents for the University of Colorado. So she's already an education official. And the effects of this, uh, I wanted to talk about this. Uh, they interviewed the people. So the reporters keep asking about this because she keeps talking about it. She keeps saying she's gathering information to be released. I do want to say that uh, Coloradoans hit for me because a, bu a bunch of them are up in her Twitter mentions uh, saying pictures of, the, of their pictures of the kids in Halloween dressed like frogs and shit saying, here's some evidence. <laughs> so that's fun. But 
the they talked to the educators because they could one reporters called around to a bunch of school districts to go actually to kind of get some actual information like is this happening and they're like no it's not fucking happening and here's a quote from uh, 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 the executive director of the Colorado Association of School Executives. The claims are exhausting, he said. Our educators have been so focused on having a normal school year going through. We're focusing on all that lost time kids had over the last few years, and here we are. School districts, school districts are spending time chasing down storylines that are, are purely for political gain. They have nothing to do with what kids are experiencing at school, and it's shock and awe. It's just incredibly frustrating. And here's the money quote. When you throw it, uh, we throw this on top of it. It's coming to be the top of the list why people are saying, I don't know why I want to even want to do this anymore. Politicizing the daily instructions of school and the daily work of the school is rousing up the list of why people are questioning why they want to be in this profession. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't like uh, that. Like it's been like teachers have been underpaid and treated like shit for a very long time and have, and have still like shown up to do the job and everything. And it's like, and it was already a hard enough and thankless enough and undercompensated enough job before they all latch or like laser focus their particular brand of insanity on Mm -hmm. the teacher's career on the school system and school boards in the classroom. And now that that's happened, I just I can't even fucking imagine, dude, all the bullshit they already had to put up with. And then you add these people's brand of insane bullshit on top of that. That's fucking yeah. horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. My heart goes out to any uh, teachers out there because that's uh, just straight up unfair. Yeah, my mom was and my uh, sister is a teacher in uh, a poor rural district of primary school, both of them. And uh, you don't make jack shit for money. The whole upside is you like spending time with the kids and teaching the kids. And then you have a parent teacher conference and an asshole te- a parent comes in and goes, show me where the litter box is. And you're like, there's no fucking litter box. And they're like, I know it's here. <laughs> it's like, uh, right. how do you convince somebody that something doesn't exist, doesn't exist? You can't do it. So like, right. I, it's. It is the, the groomer panic, the fucking CRT bullshit, the fact that right. they're paid. Now they got to answer questions about litter boxes. I just want to all teach the COVID that. shit. Uh-huh. The COVID yeah. shit too was mm-hmm. huge with the vaccines and masks and all that stuff. It's like they've just they've uh, really gone in on the school boards in particular recently because somebody's got to think of the children, Mark. That's why. Anyway, yeah. Let's talk about the anti wokeness industry. Yeah. How it's so. The main thing we're talking about is a new right-wing dating app that is just hilarious in every aspect. But uh, before we get there, this anti-wokeness branding is a really interesting thing because it continues not working, but rich people have so much money, they keep throwing money at it. Specifically, we're talking about Peter Thiel. The first thing he's in the news for this week, Peter Thiel, we talked about it a bunch before. He's the guy bankrolling J.D. Vance's and uh, Blake Masters campaigns in Alaska and Ohio. He's a crazy uh, right-wing Silicon Valley psycho, made all his money on PayPal, the, if you watch Silicon, the show Silicon Valley, that um, storyline where the billionaire was uh, paying a blood boy to take his blood to inject him mm-hmm. to make him younger, that's based upon a, a rumored anecdote about Peter Thiel. I don't know if it's been confirmed as true or not, but there are rumors on Silicon Valley that he injects himself with the blood of young boys. Anyway, that's who we're talking about. So he, he funded this startup bank called Glorify, Fires and Finance. Um, and they're, they're going to be branded as anti-woke, which I don't know what bank is woke. Uh, HSBC is literally launders drug money. I'm not I sure know, dude. That. that was the main thing I thought when I saw this. It's like, oh, yes, the famously over-liberal and woke finance industry, known for always shoving their high moral standards down regular <laughs> Americans' throats. The finance industry. Yeah, the yeah. fucking, they have no morals or standards it's like all i care yeah. about is what fucking makes a profit and what doesn't you know and i thought I, everybody knew that there's nothing fucking woke about big banking like it's i don't know so dumb maybe bank of america made a commercial with an interracial couple in it or something right <laughs> yeah right uh, yeah probably that. so they had ran into a couple problems. Uh, one of the big ones was, here's a quote from the article, it stumbled with products. For instance, a plan to make cre- a credit card out of the same material used for shell casings failed <laughs> when the company realized the material could interfere with security chips and potentially be too thick for payment terminals. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you got setting uh, off uh, like metal detectors and secure like scanners and stuff like that. It's like, do you have ammunition yeah. in there? It's like, no, it's just my Patriot card, sir. Never, la- never right. leave home without it. One of their financial products was going to be like homeowners insurance, where they're going to give a 10% discount to gun owners. Now, I want to think about the implications of that for a minute. <laughs> right. 
if you shoot someone in your house and get sued, uh, you need a good insurance plan and one that gives people uh, a cheaper rate for gunning people down is not exactly a good business practice, but I'm not a business genius like Peter Thiel. But <laughs> while we're talking about Peter Thiel, one of his other things he's been working on is a dating app he financed. Uh, it's called The Right uh, <laughs> with the right Stuff, all right? And it got a pretty big rollout push. Here's a, a puff piece written about it in News. Newsweek's called Full Right Wing Rag. I don't know if you've noticed, but nobody cares. It used to be, it used to be a magazine I liked to read when I was a kid. Yeah, I was a fucking kid who read Newsweek. Um, I'm, that, I, I'm that fucking nerdy. Um, so this is written by uh, which Bethany Mandel, who's a real, real psycho. Uh, quote, Peter Thiel's new dating app conservatives, the right stuff, is already making waves. Uh, no, it's not. Last week, the app released an ad full of interviews with conservative women who were asked what they're looking for in a man. They all seem to concur. Shared values, specifically a shared faith, a desire to have kids, and an interest in family life. I want, to, I want you to watch this video she's looking at. Uh, and tell me if you see the big problem with her takeaway from watching this video. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's hit it, Matt. The ad for uh, what's it called? The right, the right stuff. stuff. Yes. This yeah. Is, uh, this is the rollout with real conservative women just voicing <laughs> their opinion about the dating scene. Mm-hmm. Do we have it? Yes, we do. Remember, start in the middle there, Matt. 32. Today. That's real long. Yeah. There Here we go. go. Yeah. Right there. Right there. Who actually wants to meet my parents? Why do you want to date a conservative? For me, at least I know that we're going to start off with some shared values. Well, the conservative men I've dated at least know how to treat me like a woman. In my personal experience, conservative guys have better manners. I like that they understand their role in the relationship as a man. I just prefer my men to be masculine. And what's the biggest red flag when it comes to dating? A Democrat. No Democrats. A Democrat. Can't be a Democrat. A Democrat. Uh, I didn't cut it, Matt. They always say Democrats 40 times. Mm -hmm. So these are actors. Right. (laughs) They're reading a script, and she's treating them like they're honest testimonials. And that fucking made me laugh so hard. And one reason you know they're actors is, one, they're... There's commercial casting, so they all look very different. There's a rainbow coalition of people. Like, there's not right. like, randomly selected groups of people do not look like they were cast. And also, uh, I know they're actors because I've seen enough commercial auditions to know that real actors are terrible on camera. I mean, people that aren't actors are terrible on camera in general. They're all very charming and good. I don't think I paid very well for this because it's going to follow in the rest of their lives. Like that episode of Friends where Joey accidentally did like a gonorrhea act. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. No, it's like. But, yeah, why do you want to date a conservative? It's like, you know, I just want a man who knows how to keep me in my place, namely the kitchen. I like a man who knows how to demand a sandwich from me. Uh, Knows what knows how to knows what to do when I start getting too mouthy. That's what uh, that's what I'm looking for in a man. Do you you feel unmasked because you're left wing, Trey? I wouldn't say it's because I'm left wing. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I don't have, feel I don't feel unmasculine uh, always, but I do sometimes when it comes to like you know when the toilet fucks up or whatever. I'm like, God damn it, I should know how to do uh, more stuff. Like, Katie, come fix this. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. Uh, <laughs> she fixes the toilet while I make cookies, you know. But I don't give a fuck. Yeah, how everybody's marriage works. We'll still have sex with my woman wife, you know? Yeah. How how not masculine is that? Conservatives. Their their ideas about masculinity are so weird. Like Marjorie Taylor Greene did a big thing a couple weeks ago about uh, about how Pete Buttigieg wants to emasculate your car. As soon as he's talking about fuel mile standards and stuff, it's like, I I don't feel like my dick gets smaller if I drive a smaller car, but they, that's just me. But like, they're all in on this shit. Nick Adams, the right wing influencer, is going on, going on a real bender all, all week about how like real men eat steak and get off the get off the lattes and eat a steak. It's like, okay, whatever. Um, they did cut another ad that actually it it's not nearly as this one's clearly a sketch. So maybe Bethany Mandel Mandel won't be fooled by it. Uh, but yeah, this is this is pretty funny on a Papal kind of wavelength. If you want to watch it. Most common mistake men make when approaching women, but most have no clue right. that they're making it. See, every time a guy it? approaches me, one of three scenarios. It's bad, Matt. No, it was about maybe. Yeah, I must have grabbed the, the dating one. world is yeah, so not easy. Yeah, this is it. The other night, I went out with this guy, and I was like, 
what are your thoughts on kids? And he said, I'm not going to have any kids. I feel like it's the worst thing you can do for the environment. Yeah, that's when I knew it wasn't going to work out. You know, I had a similar experience. This guy seemed normal on his profile. But when we went out, he asked, oh, do you mind paying? I left my gift card in my other fanny pack. <laughs> Corey wears fanny packs. I didn't packs. Even get to go on my. Yeah, so everybody knows. <laughs> Sorry, I'm late. I love how they the gave them. I get that. The, yeah. I get that the no device. No bad dates. Download the right is stuff. Is that to- the women are telling the story? But it's funny how they, you know, they gave all the dudes lady uh, voices and stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. just. <laughs> yeah, a bit much. Again, I just want to see that. I'd like we should do the opposite of this sketch, where it's like women going on dates with like, you know, conservative rednecks from my hometown or shit like that, and seeing how seeing how those play out. <laughs> yeah, I wanna, but I want to go, Trey. Give me, give me a beat. I don't know. <laughs> I'm putting on the spot. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I put myself on the spot by saying it. Oh, I already did it earlier. I just, you know, the same. Just want to make the same jokes I already made. Yeah, I bet it. You know, honestly, I bet it hits for Katie that you make good cookies. So there you go. Um, so, so the problem is they stood up this app and they they sent out. You get you have to join by invitation only. So they got like a real refined user base. So people have managed to get on. I'll read a couple of reviews in this app after its soft launch. It's a good app, but there's no women. One star. <laughs> <laughs> Unsafe. I answered. The question by January 6th, honestly, the next day I have two police officers at my door telling me they got a call alleging that I was involved in domestic terrorism. One star. <laughs> Scam. I'm just your average conservative who just wants to find someone with the same views uh, as me and not that pronoun stuff. But I'm surprised this, this app is actually more liberal than I can imagine. The conservatives out there aren't Christian. I hate this app. One star. No women on this site. One star. All right. So, yeah, it's not working uh, for some pretty straightforward reasons. Um, and the Daily Beast did an article about this. And they, they, so, one, they launched it in D.C., which is probably not a good idea because there are a ton of, like, real hardcore conservatives in D.C. And the ones that are work for politicians. So they all already know each other and they're connected right. professionally. So would you want to be on, adapt, uh, on an app that's all your professional acquaintances? I fucking wouldn't. Um, right. So... <laughs> So they also they, like they and I don't know shit about dating apps uh, for obvious reasons, but I read an article and I thought this was the case. Like they, you can just put your political uh, beliefs is already a way you can like use yeah. regular dating apps. Like all the standard dating apps, you can filter by that. Sh- you can identify politically and filter them as such and all that shit. So like, I mean, what is the difference even supposed to be in this? Yeah, you can uh, you can figure out somebody's basic worldview pretty quickly by asking them a few questions about how they feel about stuff. I mean, especially conservatives. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, they tend to pretty much wear it on their sleeves or the you know flag tattoo where a sleeve should be or whatever. But yeah, my neighbor went on a date like a hinge date with a guy like a month or two ago, and within like five minutes he was talking about anti trans stuff. Just like okay, I don't think this is gonna work. Right? <laughs> like, they don't exactly hide their beliefs. So uh, the they asked this quote from a woman proposed a Republican operative pretty much sums it up. It's all Mitch McConnell's staffers on the fucking app. <laughs> these people don't hit for each other to such a comical degree. Like who would want to date a Mitch McConnell staffer? Oh, this says a Republican. So, but they fucked us up they, so badly. They couldn't even get the name right. They got, they have already a legal dispute with another dating service. It's also called the right stuff. It's been around for decades. They didn't even Google dating out the right stuff to see if they had to get the original name. They've already been hit. Uh, they're going to be hit with a cease and desist letter. This, this quote from the uh, other dating apps lawyer said, uh, their dating service is for people who have higher levels of education and many of them are left wings. So they don't like the confusion. <laughs> yeah. They I also, bet. they also share a name with a white nationalist website. So that probably won't confuse anybody. So yeah, it's two ways that Peter Thiel already fucking fumbled the bag on this. Um, getting back to Peter Thiel, because it's conservative, the invite on the app will only permit heterosexual matches at the outset. So Peter Thiel, who happens to be gay, is therefore funding a project he couldn't wouldn't be able to use. Right. Um, another problem with it, <laughs> with, with pitching an online dating app for conservatives, is it furthers the Enlightenment, which doesn't hit for them. Um, they asked, they asked one person why they didn't like using it and said the internet seems to interfere with biological tendencies like men courting women. This isn't like Alexa telling you the weather. You can't upend the natural mating process and call it traditional. 
All right, they're trying to sell fucking computers to to uh, cavemen. So good luck with that. Um, <laughs> they interviewed this woman who's a conservative who was excited about the dating app, but she wants to, she has a few ideas for pitches. Her name's Savannah Dudzik. Um, she's hopeful for a more positive experience. Uh, she oh, you say me start here. She said she's historically disliked dating apps such as Catholic Match, partly because men on the platform were just looking to hook up. She was hopeful for a more positive experience of the right stuff, serious romance only, and excited to see it get off the ground. I think it's going to be a hit, but she hopes the app will ban right-wing males on the platform just looking for hookups. Now, if you if you don't want to date guys who are looking to get laid, I don't know if there's anything online or offline that's going to work. Right. Out. Historically, the way it goes, the guy's trying to get laid. And then, yeah, right. It just sort of relationship just sort of happened to him, you know. That's that's the natural flow of things. Yeah. Um, And going back to why they started, they started in DC. Something like like you'll hear anybody who's watched any stand up comedy, we hear people talk about how hard it is to date in LA, and it's sort of true. But the reason is it's a company town like DC. People are not here to build lives with and make relationships. They deploy themselves here to try to get a career started. And if it doesn't work out, they know they're going They're going home in general, mm-hmm. right? D.C. is the same way. Political operatives graduate college. They go there to get a job as a Senate campaign aide. And if the campaign, when the campaign happens, they're on the road and they're back or they're taking a job in a gubernatorial office. They're not there for long-term relationships. So anyway, I'm not a business genius like, like Peter Thiel, but maybe it's an idea. So they've been having trouble getting people to get on it. So one of their big ideas was to hire Ryan McEnany, who happens to be um, uh, Kaylee McEnany's little yeah. sister. She, ha- she has like 140,000 IG followers, which is funny to me because that qualifies her as an as a, uh, you know, um, influencer to them. It's 140,000. is isn't some tremendous amount, but they probably paid yeah. her a chunk of money for this. So here's a video she made for it if you want to view that up, Matt, you got it. Hey guys, I'm Ryan. I've got to tell you about something I am so excited to announce. A dating app for all of us conservatives. It's called The Right Stuff and it's launching right, this September. But I love I just wanted to establish what kind of influencer hits for them. She got no personality, no game. I'm not sure what's happening. Um, so her IG posts weren't working. So instead what they had her do was DM like uh, send direct messages to a bunch of conservatives that she knew lived in DC. And they got screen grabbed and passed around people by people making fun of her. So that didn't work. Um, and one, one of them gave, the da- uh, gave a uh, DM to the Daily Beast. And a quote here from it is, Hi, I work with John McEntee's team on an exclusive concerted dating app called The Right Stuff. Yada, yada, yada. Anyway, so it's, it was funny to me that she used John McEntee like people knew who he was. Because if you know who right. John McEntee is, you're either a hardcore news like consumer like me or an absolute fucking psycho. And if you're the first type, he probably doesn't hit for you. If you're the second type, you don't want to date anybody who knows who, who knows and admires John McEntee. So Peter Thiel bankrolled this, but John McEntee is the founder and CEO. Uh, he he made his name as a political advisor um, in the White House Presidential Personnel Office in the Trump administration. Before that, he was Trump's body man, a personal aide, and he was fired by John Kelly in 2018. Uh, McEntee had failed a security clearance background check, was under investigation by the Homeland Security Department for possible financial crimes related to gambling. Um, that part seemed funny to me because when he was in college, he was the starting quarterback for University of Connecticut, <laughs> who obviously has a gambling product. He's not that old. So this was just a couple years ago, so I'm wondering if he was fucking point shaving and shit. But anyway... Uh, after Kelly was dismissed, Trump rehired him and gave him a promotion. That's when he was director of Office of Presidential Personnel. Uh, he was a pretty powerful person because he was the one. Uh, here's a quote from a profile of him: Trump knew he was the one person willing to do anything Trump wanted. Uh, he hired all of his friends and hired a bunch of pretty girls, uh, including an Instagram influencer and a dance instructor to work at the White House. I'm sure they came in handy. But the main thing he did is he was in charge of the loyalty purge at the end of Trump administration. They fired everybody who wouldn't, like, pledge their undying loyalty. So if you're looking for somebody right. who's, like, second or third most responsible for January 6th, it's probably this guy, this fucking guy right. in his mid-20s. Um, <laughs> what, was the, what was the terminology they used in the, the January 6th uh, committee hearings? Or like, team, team crazy or something like that? There was team, team yeah. normal, team normal, and team whatever. So this guy was, like, the quarterback of team crazy. Basically. Yeah, he was, he was he was a yeah. cop he, he was a capo and underboss or an underboss on, on team capo uh, uh, on team crazy. So um, 
I mean, I'll just read from this profile. McAtina's enforcers made the disastrous last weeks of the Trump presidency possible. They backed the president's mad drive to overturn the election and helped set the stage for January 6th assault in the Capitol. Thanks to them, in the end, the elusive, quote, adults in the room, those who might have been willing to confront the president or try to control his most destructive tendencies were silenced or gone. But McAtee was there, bossing around cabinet secretaries, decapitating the civilian leadership of the Pentagon, and forcing officials high and low to state their allegiance to Trump. Ah, so that's the guy who's organizing this dating app, which makes the next part of this really funny, because this is quite clearly is not an FBI op, because Peter Thiel would be bankrolling it if it was. But if it was, it would be a good one, because one of the prompts you set up your profile is, quote, January 6th was blank. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So... I imagine even among conservatives, the answers to that question would would, would uh, be revelatory about the person's character, personality, or work. Right. Because it's like, if they say, like, an, an Antifa scam, you're like, okay, mm-hmm. they're purely crazy. If they go, it was a patriotic, glorious patriotic movement, you're like, okay, crazy. If they go, an unfortunate stand on President Trump's great legacy, you're like, it's right. same, but too crazy for me. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, so, yeah. Um yeah, I mean, it's a pretty good, like, sort of a litmus test or whatever for uh, their, you know, differentiating between the level of, you know, conservative crazy, yeah. I feel like. But also, apparently, it just gets the FBI all fired up, too. <laughs> yeah, I think I think this review is a troll job, but I do want to read it because it hit for me. App asked about January 6th. I said I was there because I was. I'm a patriot. I get a call from an FBI agent the same day. Reads one review from a user under the name Big Chungus. <laughs> <laughs> Big Chungus. Oh, all right. Thanks for putting that up there, Matt. Yeah, like and subscribe, everybody. Share, rate, and review, all that good stuff. We appreciate it. And, uh, Matt, if you've got, you know, a couple of comments for us, throw it up there. Sorry, we got to sort of lost track of time. But, yeah, it's my bad. Uh, but if you guys, if you, specifically, if you have any ideas, you could pitch Peter Thiel to give us a couple million dollars to execute some horror. Yeah, it's also funny. That, like he's he's bankrolling these ideas, but that this one in particular, the guy in charge of it is a dude with a noted gambling problem. Like, like it just don't seem like he makes the soundest business decisions to me, Peter Thiel. But yeah. like you said, I'm not, you know. He's a billionaire and I'm not. So what do you know? Uh, yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, it'd be funny if like the, the user interface improves if he comes up big on FanDuel one week. <laughs> <laughs> right. Derek Duke the says fucking... two hour show. Well, well, uh, not tonight. Maybe in the future, <coughs> a special edition or something. Jules T says, what's your take on the L.A. Council racist rants? Where do, you, do we talk about that, or was that pre-show you were talking about? We talked about, about pre-show. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, so all those people were scumbags. That, that, I, I kind of wanted to talk about it because in one party states, what happens is both parties are just inside the other party. Like, it's like, so it's not like because California, because L.A. is run by Democrats, that they're all libs or left wing. They're Republicans that run with a D next to their name. Like, right. the case in point, that the, the, the uh, possible next mayor was a Trump supporter named Rick Caruso who did fundraiser for Mitch, fundraisers for Mitch McConnell and shit. He just registered Democratic a couple months ago when he decided he wanted to be mayor. So like, it's not, these people don't have any beliefs. They're all landlords and shit. And uh, what I was telling Matt is like, there's a lot of intra-Latino racism in here that I can't, that I don't have a good understanding of to talk about authoritatively. But yeah, the stuff she said uh, about other races, <laughs> I clearly can recognize as racism. But yeah, these people. They, uh, the, but the, when the White House raised in on a city, on a city council scandal across the three miles, uh, three thousand miles away, it's a big fucking deal. And I hope this lady, she resigned as president of the city council. I, I lost track of whether she actually resigned from office yet. But yeah, I don't know. She sucks. Yeah. Nuri, Nuri, what? I can't, I can't think of her last name right now. No, yeah, well, it's uh, sort of like we were saying earlier about the the Hitler stuff. You know, how hard is it to avoid things of that nature? But apparently, for some people, it's you know real hard not to go on racist tirades uh, all the time. Some some people seem to have no real problem with it. Other people, though, really gets them by the horn. <laughs> they were on a labor federation yeah. uh, phone call, like like a, right. a, a conference call. So like. If there's one group that's supposed to express solidarity with workers of all stripes, yeah, it's a labor union, a federation of labor unions. So, yeah, yeah, 
All right. Well, hey, we have always sat here at Skews that racism don't hit. Racism don't hit. Just so, just so no. everybody knows, we got a, a, a straightforward anti-racism stance that I've long yeah. held. All right. Uh, all right. That'll about do it, everybody. Remember, go to TreyCrowder.com. Come and see me live. Adding new dates all the time. Go to WeeklySkews.com slash more to sign up for the Patreon of the show and get some bonus episodes and uh, show us a little extra love we appreciate it and either way at the very least keep coming back here on skews days because we very much appreciate it we'll see you next time so you love you bye